Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. We're, it's fall. <laughs> it happened. What happened? I don't know. I All I know is I was wearing a sweater in the evening um, <laughs> to like squeeze my body into jeans again, Ooh. which is, I know. The hard pants, the hard pants give a rude awakening sometimes after a summer of very loose, stretchy, flowy things. <laughs> the hot truth of the hard pants. A real hot truth. I'm ready to I'm ready to move on to expandable jean waist, maybe like a little bit of a elastic waist. Ah, maybe. We'll just see. like my just like my cute little Grammy used to wear her little elastic waisted <laughs> denim. Little acid wash, little little elastic waist, you know, never hurt no one. Maybe I'll get some some stirrups, you know, on the feet, maybe a little bit. Ooh, yeah. I'm seeing those out there more and more. <laughs> what is this, a fashion podcast? Oh boy, you guys. Well, welcome to Sideward Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Yay. <laughs> Welcome to sweater weather. Welcome to soup season. I mean, it's still Southern California for cripe's sake, but like it's just been overcast and gray. And usually this time of year, it's 110 degrees for 19 days in a row. I just, I know. I, I'm like, hey, okay, if it's just going to be foggy and sort of depressing like most of this year, um, I will take it over fires and unable to go outside because it's too hot. I think my big gripe is this year it's been too many depression like swings on the pendulum like where it's so rainy that you can't go outside and you get that depression. Then it skipped over nice weather and went to dangerous heat and that's the depression you get when you're lo- locked inside all day for that reason yeah. too. Yeah. These are the major extremes of global warming that we've like come to God. realize are real. Yeah, it's been weird. Figure it. Let's just figure it out. I don't mind it. You know what I do like right now is that we got all that rain from the, you know, I'm air quoting hurricane, which, you know, thank God we didn't get worse than we did. But everything's green again like it is in the spring. So I'm even more confused about things. And well, I'm not very excited because mosquitoes have tripled. And that's a fucking fact. Anyways. So I was thinking I was thinking because I'm looking at (laughs) Even though even though the writer's strike has apparently come to a tentative agreement, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean any jobs are popping up anytime soon. So no, I, no, 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 no. So I was thinking about where I could work, you know, and I, and I was thinking maybe Chifa because I could get there pretty easily. It's a yeah. Peruvian restaurant. But then I remembered that they're only 
outdoor hours are basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I started to get really scared. Like, what if it's another ridiculous, like flooded fall and winter? And like, they couldn't open on those nights. Like, yeah. I would love to work there, but their patio got fucked. Fucked. And it's one of those specific restaurants where, like, uh, the inside is tiny and the outside is ginormous. And, yep. like, that's where they make the bulk of their income is by having that ginormous patio. Yep. So, I, it, I know. It hasn't, I know. Been, it hasn't been patio weather here in L.A. at all. It's not uh, been patio weather. It's no. I've honestly been, like, even I have a great backyard and I've just been, like, I don't want to go out there. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> So it's it's not just me. It's not just you. I went outside to take a phone call. Uh, for I was out on the phone for three minutes. I swatted like fifteen fucking mosquitoes off my body. I was like, not nope, not you, not today. Like it's like I I know exactly when they land now because I'm so used to it. I'm just like swat swat, and they're getting bigger. Yeah, like they have faces. What? you can see their faces. <laughs> like ugh. yeah they're twiddling their their hands in front of me they're, it's so they're gross. yeah yeah well it's spooky season so you know here we go but um you guys if you haven't already please rate review smash those five stars follow us on instagram follow us on tiktok jesus yeah. we're there we're making the effort we're come there. on we're there. I, I, we had like, we had a hot week for us social media wise and then completely <laughs> fell off <laughs> this week, but we're going to be back. It's okay. We're going to be back. We ebb, we flow. We're here. We're gone. You guys know, you know, you know how we are. You know how we roll. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep the content coming. Just got to screw our heads back on and remember. Uh, uh, well, let's pop into some headlines, huh? Shall we? Ooh. Let's, let's get into it. This is from punchdrink.com. Um, this article's really fun. So it starts off by saying earlier this summer, a man walked into uh, the city club in downtown Los Angeles and handed the bartender, Daniel Ralston, a business card and said, make you he said, make this if you can. He muttered it. So the card featured a recipe overlaying an image of a bright orange drink in a V-shaped martini glass, two parts silver tequila, one part Aperol, half ounce lime juice, four to five drops of an orange bitter and a squeeze of orange juice to be shaken and served in an up glass with an orange twist. And the drink is called Johnny's Dream. Mm -hmm. All right. So Ralston, the bartender, um, you know, who who is who's been around the block, you know, he he he's a good bartender, quickly went through the emotions uh and stages of confusion, mild annoyance, and ultimately total respect for this guy. Okay. And then he took to X, formerly Twitter, if you guys didn't know that, um, to talk about his encounter. And of course it went viral. And then it turned out this is not that unusual to have no. a specific drink card to hand to your bartender. This is, yes, what it did was bring us out of the shadows. Those of us who have been drink carded. <laughs> I mean, Brian, who sends us mm -hmm. articles all the time, he's like basically our, he's, he's research for the pod when it comes to a lot of headlines. He sent it to us and told us immediately that this used to happen to him all the time. And, and, and as the article goes on, I think it's great because there was this lull, right? And I think mm -hmm. when, you, when you would get the card, it'd be like older folk usually, you know? And there was this time where it's like there used to be like really fun cocktails that got made. And then that just stopped happening for a very long time. And before the craze of mixology and what's happening now. Right. So right. for that in between time, that's when they're like, well, nobody has knows how to make my fucking perfect martini right. again. So right. I guess I have to take around a goddamn card and hand it to somebody to make it for me 
to do everything myself. <laughs> I have to do everything myself. Yeah. And uh, this article is great because uh, it says that when Alice and Janney was on uh, a rep- re- recent episode of Smartless, um, she revealed that Carol Burnett had a longtime car that she carried around with her, which was a called a bubblegum pink Cosmo is what Ooh. she would she would drink. Yeah. And I, you know, it got me thinking this article that maybe, Brooke, we need to make you one for your margarita. <laughs> I knew you were coming at me for that. Ah, ah, look, I don't, I, no hate, none at all. Like, I get it. I think it would make everybody's life a lot easier, especially I'm out with you, the bartender, you, everybody fucking wins and is happy if you're just like, just like this, bro. You know what I mean? How just I like slide this? a little 20 alongside it, whatever Fuck you need no. to do. Learn how to make a margarita. God damn it. No, I was I was thinking it would be really funny if I specifically got cards made and I slid it across the bar and it was just makers and diet. And I'm like, yeah, can you do it? You think you can handle that? Oh, that's so great. Um, there's this amazing fucking drink that got posted on here, too, that was like. Uh, it's a Chuck's drink recipe for Chuck's drink. It's vodka, Malibu, Captain Morgan, Southern Comfort, Triple Sec, Amarato, Peach Schnapps, Morocco Blue Liqueur, Banana Liqueur, Sprite, Pineapple Juice, Orange Juice, and Sour Mix. Okay. And they captioned it the final boss guest drink. <laughs> Truly. Well, so and now here's the problem too, though. So the, I, I like these are fun. I do know that there's a time and a place and they maybe you've been drink carded at your bar or whatever. But this Ch- Chuck's drink, are you sitting here <laughs> going like, um, that will be $70, please? Yeah, me, How first of all, more like a Chuck drink, first of all. <laughs> it's like somebody just, they're just like, uh, I'll just take a Long Island iced tea. Like you yeah. really, it's way too many ingredients. That's a lot. It's re- it's too much. It's just like, just give me all the tiki feels in one drink. It's, it's really a kamikaze of sorts, you know? Yeah. Ugh. I it's think you could much. give Chuck the Long Island and he wouldn't know the difference. I think he wouldn't know shit for sure. Just I think don't you could give him a Hawaiian punch, you know, and he true. would be fine, too. I think just don't, don't skimp on the banana liquor and he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Make sure you get those 99 bananas in there. Is that what? Yeah. Is that? what? Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys have had this, good Lord, tell us about it. I, I'd be happy to hear more about very fun, specific drink cards like that you've been handed over the years for sure. Oh my God. So this next article, so this is from food and wine. I mean, food and wine and Bon Appetit. I'm just so impressed with their coverage of like uh, f- reporting on food and, and like fun restaurant shenanigans. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's been really fun. There's, and there's they- been a, a Whoever's the editor right now is doing a good job at both publications, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This, um, this is a great one. This is a great oh headline. Can this I just one say is it? great. Yeah. Please. Uh, okay. This headline <laughs> says a tourist called the cops after getting charged nearly $1,000 for crab. Oh my God. Okay. So this happened in Singapore. So while dining at a local restaurant, Seafood Paradise, um, there's a person who was dining there, a tourist, took the waiter's advice advice mm-hmm. to order the chili crab so it's a specialty in singapore and malaysia I mean, and the restaurant's signa- signature meal so signature good. meal so she was under the impression impression that the dish would cost twenty dollars um what she didn't realize that that it was twenty dollars per 100 grams and that the meal was to be made with alaskan king crab a much much pricier crab as we know than this you know restaurant's usual mud crabs you know <laughs> 
which <laughs> I've never had a crabs, mud crab. Yeah. But I'm sure I'll get one of them mud crabs. Um, so this is also part of the seasonal menu. So so basically they order this, right? They bring the crab out to right. them for the, whole... the entire table to see. Now, I have a weird YouTube food watching algorithm, so I've seen stuff like this happen before. Um, I watch weird foreign food being made. I don't know oh, why. YouTube, okay. you can buy anything you want on YouTube. Did yes, you know you that, Brooke? And it can um, radicalize you. You really, really, truly can. So they bring the whole crab out, right, for them to see. Um, and they, they, she said they just thought, you know, they were just showing off at, like that they were going to get part of it. And then they delivered almost eight pounds of crab to the table. Um, and then, you know, they couldn't finish it, obviously, they said. But then when they got the bill, it totaled $1,000 in Singapore dollars um she refused to pay the bill and requested the police get called um you know so that basically they were the police came they made a report the restaurant manager offered a small discount um and then the bill was reluctantly paid by the travelers um wow this is hilarious (laughs) i just think getting the cops involved right like that's like seems oh, like a real Singapore thing to do. You get in trouble for everything in that town, you know. I know, but <laughs> it, like th- there was there was nothing to see there because they were just like you ordered and it yeah, cost you ordered this much. it. It says right here on the menu. This is how much it is. Like pay up. I mean, this is not the first time this has fucking happened. This is just happens to be a more extravagant like bill, right. you know. Absolutely. And, you know, and the restaurant is like, you know, they're standing by it. They were not. Yeah. We weren't trying to get one over on. They're like, we brought the whole crab for you to see before we cooked it for you. We brought you the floor of the ocean. okay, to for you to eat on a plate. The entire staff performed the Little Mermaids under the sea right in front of you as part of the experience of ordering the chili crab special. What Ouch. didn't you get? Damn, I hope they got to go bags. Um, I'm getting flashbacks to the $200 picture of Margarita. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sort of like with the waiter, like he was not as clear. Like he should have no. brought out like the two bottles of tequila he was about to pour uh-huh. into a pitcher and to right. be like, you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> right I just want you right. to see it, right? Instead of just being like, it's very big. And, we, it, 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 you know, for us, again, it if you guys don't know the story of us, you know, accidentally ordering a 200 pitcher, uh, $200 pitcher of margaritas here in Los Angeles, we were kind of, it seemed like a challenge. We were kind of like, don't tell a table of women, sir, that they can't handle a pitcher of margaritas. I yeah. think it's kind of how big can it be? And then we were like, <laughs> it oh, turns out my God, two full bottles of uh, hard liquor. Yeah, that's for sure. But, um, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that crab was incredible. By I the mean, way. like I said, I just I hope they got to take the leftovers at least, you know? We're yeah, just, for we're sure. We're going crab crazy up in this bit. I'm getting my thousand dollars worth. Just we're I think till we leave. I think it makes for a great story. You know, hopefully as the years pass, these people will just be like, don't you remember when that happened? Ha ha ha. You know, and now they're food and wine famous. So what are you going to do? Ooh, it almost <laughs> sounds like, yeah, like aspirational to be food and wine famous. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, OK. Awesome. Well, let's get out of the headlines and get into some server. Submitted. As stories. Stories. <laughs> All right, we've got one today. This one's a quick, fun little 
submission from our official Sacramento, but soon to be Massachusetts correspondent, mean old now lady, Taggart. What? I've got questions. What's happening? Update us. All right. So a cor- I smell a correspondent theme on today's episode. Me too. So they go on to say, I worked in a pizza kitchen, but only ran the line, the pasta, dessert, salad sandwiches, and tons and tons of fried chicken wings, etc. So this is in response to our substitution episode. So the dumbest substitution I ever had was for two meatball subs no meatballs, <laughs> just bread, marinara, and cheese. Some asshole basically ordered a soggy cheese pizza. Remember, we sold pizza, but instead he got his two meatballless meatball subs for $36. And they also didn't want the fries that came with it. Okay. It's weird. People are so strange. Also, the amount of chicken parms I made with no pasta, no marinara, and no cheese. It's Staggering. These weren't picky kids, you know, full-blown adults on business lunches and dinners. They would eat chicken nuggets, grown-ass professional adults making moves, shaking hands, <laughs> signing contracts over chicken nuggets. $20 plate of chicken nuggets. Anyways, fuck it. Love to bitch out with you sweet bitches. Love, AJ. <laughs> P.S. People complain about the wait time on their pizza at my last job. It's a shitty coffee shop. Why are you ordering pizza? <laughs> But also, why are you offering pizza? Come on, that's fair <laughs> yeah, enough. It's, right? Come on. All right. I know. I can't take I your side on everything. Pizza and coffee. I know. I know. <laughs> it seems like a weird. I, you, we're go. We're going to. Um, I'm going to Costa Rica in March, and I've been doing like weird research on restaurants and stuff already because you know I'm a psycho and I like to like pregame, you know, and get all the, the. But there's a lot of places that are like coffee shops that make pizza, so that's what that reminded me of for sure. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Well, I Pizza think you coffee. Know, what what are you gonna do? And I I didn't know like the Jollibee, Jollibee or however you say it, that like Filipinos love a bucket oh, of spaghetti yeah. and fried chicken. Oh, that's and then well, there's hot dog, and then, then there's hot, dogs, hot dogs on it too. Yeah, that's I know. a real it's a real World War II situation going you know? on. Um that's hilarious. I love that they basically were like, I just want French bread pizza. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, have you popped one in an oven lately? A French bread pizza? Oh, yeah. N- uh, no, it has but- to be Stouffer's. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, yeah. I can already, I can like, I can like feel and hear the crunch happening right now, though, as you speak about it. It does not disappoint. They it's are slap. still. She slaps. So- she slaps still. <laughs> oh, they're so good. That's good to know. I'll have mm, to mm, I'll have mm. to pop one of those up. You know, I read an article recently um, uh, and I was I think it was a Bon Appetit, actually, that was like more more headlines that like we shouldn't be putting anything in plastic in the microwave like ever, 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 Um, even though it's very often. Yeah, I don't. I do sometimes to like, I guess, reheat things like a little bit here and there. You know, you got you got to do it. But it's just like the amount of plastic like coming off there that you're ingesting. It's just it's apparently insane. Way worse than they even told us. originally. Way worse than they even told us. So make sure you're baking that that French bread pizza, not microwaving it, obviously, you know, you got to get that crunch. I'm not an animal, but you're a toaster oven girl, you know? Yeah, girl. Of course yeah. I am. The, mm-hmm. I think the thing that makes me, my brain sort of melt then, just like that plastic into our food and into our bodies is like, what about the standard delivery vehicle for takeout food, which are those 
100% trash plastic delis. And when they put like piping hot broth in there, because right. I get pho, I'm like, oh, cool. So that's Oh, not- no, no, no. It's all getting like, it's all, you know, maybe it has to get to a certain point for a ton to leach out, but it's definitely still Ew. like in there. It's like I when know. we found out this, because while we were off the air, um, we found out for any of our listeners who partake in period underwear, you know, the kind mm-hmm. that you can wear to take up to three pads mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. you ring them out. So the company thinks bunch of fucking scam artists and crooks, um, 100% the crotches lined with a chemical like that, yeah, hurts women. Cause, causes, yeah, causes like Cancer, snatch hormone cans. Dis- snatch yeah. cans. I'm snatch call cans. Yep. <laughs> So hot. So get rid Snatch of them. Snatch cans, asshole. Like, well, if, you know. If you wear thinks, thinks twice about it, okay? <laughs> and uh, get rid of them. I do think there's a lawsuit. You might be entitled to some yeah. money. Yeah, you can send. I don't know if you can still do it, but you can definitely, like, send your old ones in and get, like, $7 a pair. You know, it's something like that where and, they will redeem you. Um, and Andrea but, threatened to send in some of her um, used old mm-hmm. ones in. Like, yeah. wasn't even going to wash them out I'm or not anything. Gonna, I'm not uh-uh. going to do the rinse through or anything, <laughs> You know, mine says it, it holds four tampons worth. So, four you know, well, uh, and if you want a good substitution, I'm not like affiliated with these people, but suddenly we had to go looking to make sure people and companies weren't lying to us. But BAM body, it's spelled B-A-M-B-O-D-Y. They're clean. They're not going to give you the snatch cans. And they're oh, I got the period ones that okay, are just cool. called period. And they're fine, too. Like they're fine. They're a little more bulky. Look, they do the job. My nice adult linen sheets and my nice new mattress don't get blood all over them. Um, <laughs> you hey know, guys, hey, all the guys listening, We're really taking a turn. Um, you know, but hey, I just want to say, why old lady taggart? I guess we'll find out we'll soon. Find out, but <laughs> server submitted stories are inspiring all around. You know, they they obviously look where look where we've gone from reading this one story. Look where her brains have gone. <laughs> um, so if you guys have any of those stories to send our way, please send them to sidewardpod at gmail.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com. 
Okay, you guys. Well, topic of the day. Um, there's been this really interesting new uh, progression in Chicago um, about eliminating the tip minimum wage uh, and making it more of a standard minimum wage um, that the rest of the country, the rest of the city of Chicago adheres to. Um, so they proposed this ordinance, and if it's passed, it's looking like you know very likely it'll change the tip minimum wage from nine forty eight an hour to fifteen eighty an hour. So as it currently stands, uh, the tip minimum wage states that tips make up for the losses of that six thirty two an hour. So that's a shitload more money for people, guys. Um, One Fair Wage, obviously, who we love on the podcast is backing this. They're the biggest advocates for this law this uh, to pass in Chicago. And just to remind you guys and bring you up to speed, eight states already have nixed the ticked minimum wage. Um, so California, Oregon, Washington, Montana, Nevada, and Alaska and Hawaii have all uh, nipped it in the bud. And then D.C. and Boston have also joined the ranks. Um, but, you know, there's mid-range states, which, you know, we sometimes talk about, who pay above the the NRA, the other, you know, NRA, the National Restaurant Association, who are based out of Illinois. I found out they're based out of Chicago. Um, and that standard is 213. Again, we talk about this so much. Um, you know, but the hopes for this proposed law is that it will, you know, level the playing field for workers on many levels, you know, and while, you know, so many people obviously continue to think that like servers make so much in tips, like, you know, they don't, you know, uh, you know, we've talked about on the show before that the tipping system is rooted in racism and sexism, <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, this could be a huge game changer for, you know, not just the the fine dining server, but like, you know, the the, you know, Black single mother who works at Denny's and makes two thirteen an hour and doesn't make shit. An extra six dollars an hour could change your whole life, you know. So that brings us up to speed. Um, and here to talk to us more in depth about what's happening on the ground in Chicago, a uh, friend of the pod, uh, freelance journalist who has written not only for the Eater, uh, she's written for Fortune Magazine, NBC, and USA Today. We have Renee Hickman here to join us. Hi. <laughs> Hi, welcome. Welcome. Um, when I saw that you posted that you had written this article for Chicago Reader, I like I audibly made a noise. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> was very happy to see your name attached to it. Um, we're huge fans of Eater and we always talk about, you know, what can we do? How can we be a part of the Eater universe? Right, Brooke? Oh, I love that. I know. Although I do think you just said she uh, wrote it for the Reader, which the Reader's gone. Oh, I know, so I'm pretty sure I said Eater. I heard, well, the Chicago I heard Reader. I heard Eater. Okay. No, okay. I just want to make yeah. sure. I'm like, woo, that's, no, a, no, that's no, an old Chicago plan. Eater. Um, you know, Renee, welcome so much to Side Work. We're so happy you're here, you know, and, you know, you Usually, when we talk to guests and start off, before we get into the nitty gritty of this topic, why don't you talk to us a little bit about your uh, history in the service industry? Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, it's been a few years uh, since I've been in the service industry, but I have worked at restaurants, um, both you know, full service, counter service, um, on and off since I was in my twenty time ago. Um, yeah, I mean. Um, chain restaurants in downtown Atlanta to, you know, tiny coffee shops. Um, actually, um, the UK as a server, um, when I went to school in Scotland and, uh, I, I actually experienced two different kinds of tipping systems in that way and got to, um, kind of observe the cultural differences between the way people, uh, tip or don't tip in, you know, in different places in the world. So, yeah, I mean, this was a really interesting, uh, topic for me to, to work on because of that. 
Um, we're huge oh, nerds geez. about people who have waited tables across the pond. So, you know, and I, I obviously I'm sure a way to thrust yourself into that culture, too, to be able to work, uh, you know, in, in a foreign country. Did you have a favorite where you did you enjoy working a bar more uh, in Scotland than you did here in the States? Um, you know, I, both the places I worked were pretty quiet. Um, they were hotels that catered to uh, wealthy golfers, basically, who were on the <laughs> old course in St. Andrews. Um, and so they would be kind of like the hotel or bar attached to, uh, or sorry, the, the bar attached to the hotel or the restaurant attached to the hotel. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say it was a, it was a pretty calm environment compared to some of the places I worked. Um, you know, I worked for a chain. I don't think I can mention in downtown Atlanta and, you know, got my, my tips swiped off the table and people were being thrown out on a regular basis. This was more kind of like just elderly, uh, people on golf vacations who were very nice to me for the most part. Um, but the tips only came from American patrons. So it's okay. We'll say it. It was Applebee's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> every every Applebee's is just is just basically oh, a, a, pi- a pirate's tavern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely in. Uh, yeah, you're in. You're in uncharted territory. You're in foreign water. Or what is it when you're in? What's it called? Why am I so? Why can't I think of it? When you're in the waters that like you there's what is it? Uncharted waters. I thought uncharted it was something waters. else. Though. I thought it was something else. She's dealing with maritime law. (laughs) Awesome. So now that we know that you're one of us, Renee, (laughs) which we which we love, um, you know, we're so excited because we've been talking about the subject and, you know, like eliminating the tip minimum wage on side work for so long. Um, let's just, let's, let's get into the thick of it. Um, you know, for sure. So, you know, let's break down who the proposed law, you know, or what would it entail basically? Yeah, so um, basically up until now, uh, restaurant owners in Chicago have had the ability to make up the difference between um, the tipped minimum wage in the city, which is like 948, um, and the standard minimum wage, which is 1580, uh, you know, using tips. Um, and so basically the proposal now is that restaurants will basically have to, um, you know, just go ahead and pay people 1580 per hour and then tips or, you know, whatever comes in on top of that. So that was a major campaign priority of Mayor Brandon Johnson who just came in in April. Um, and so the proposal now, um, based on some new developments, uh, you know, in the past couple of days has been that, uh, the proposal is going to be to phase out the two-tiered system over five years. Um, so basically uh, 8% every year. And I assume that would be really good for especially small businesses who might be struggling, like if they were like got, you know, kicked in the face right away with that, with that, with that higher minimum wage, you know? Yeah. And that's the idea. Um, so, you know, up until I think a couple of days ago, um, the Illinois Restaurant Association was, you know, very opposed to this. Um, but, you know, they realized that there was a lot of support for it on the council. I think um, Sam Toya, who's the head of the Illinois Restaurant Association, says, I can count votes. And they had the votes. Um, and so they wanted to phase it in in a way that they thought would be easier for their members. Um, and they so they're actually working with one fair wage on it now. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, as far as One Fair Wage, we know that they're such a great uh, organization. They've been fighting across the country to eliminate like the tip minimum wage, which is so awesome. Um, so as far as like, you know, Illinois Restaurant Association, like, you know, slowly getting on board. Are there any other like local restaurants, anybody who you have known who are actually kind of more opposed to the law? 
Um, you know, I've heard from um, restaurants that I have talked to uh, or restaurant owners that I've talked to that they're a little bit wary about it. Um, I think, you know, they know that it's going to change their business model in some ways, especially, you know, if they're, if they're not already paying 15, 80 per hour to people. Um, you know, and I, I've talked to people who are experts in the hospitality industry and, you know, they said those concerns are real, right? Like this is, if you're planning to pay people a certain amount, then you have to pay people more, then you're going to be looking at things like slightly higher prices or staffing changes. Um, so, you know, they're, they're real and significant worries for people. Um, but, you know, the same person I talked to is this Michael Lynn from Cornell, um, basically said, you know, there are similar systems where there's no, you know, two tier minimum wage in places like California, Minnesota, Washington State, um, you know, and those are not new. Right. The, um, those those uh, those laws have been in place there for decades or, you know, maybe they've never had a two tiered system and the restaurant industry has continued to thrive anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we should like worry about it. I mean, obviously prices will be getting higher. You know, I was just talking to a restaurant owner here um, who's a friend and they're looking at uh, raising the minimum wage standard in L.A. to $20 an hour, you know, pretty soon. And I think it's going to be really shocking for a lot of people, especially to see, you know, we already have $20 cocktails in this town, you know, so it's like get ready for $21 cocktails. I think this is kind of just the price of, you know the price of what it takes for people to be able to work and have a living wage. Right. Right. And it's, in, yeah. it's inconvenient for a lot of people because we've built a whole system on it being deeply unfair. So, and to wait so long when we knew that it was bad for as long as we have, yeah, it's going to hit restaurant owners right in the gut, especially with inflation. Um, but it's like, it's a situation that it's like, man, this should have changed so freaking long ago and now we've come to a point where there's a reckoning. And I just keep seeing this in society where we've dragged our feet knowing something major has to change. And instead of normalizing and doing incremental change, now it's going to happen in a big way. And it's it's definitely going to upset restaurant owners. Are you kidding me? They're not the, the, the nicest, most normal, even keel people, you know? <laughs> I think we can all attest to that for sure. You know? But I think it's it's all happening in a really positive way, you yeah, know? Yes, and I agree. I'm just saying it's it's like it, it's like the band-aids being ripped off in the biggest way possible. You for know? sure. I mean, that being said, Renee, have you talked to a lot of people who are also owner wise who are for the law? Um, I haven't talked to anybody who's specifically really um, pro the law. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't. I have seen, you know, in other people's coverage, other eater coverage, that there are people who are fine with it because they were already paying fifteen eighty mm -hmm. per hour. Um, that was just a choice that they made. Um, so, you know, it's obviously going to affect those people a little bit less because it's already priced into their business model. Um, you know, and again, you know, when I was talking to Michael Lynn, he did say that, you know, places where there isn't this two-tiered system dining is on average a little more expensive there mm -hmm. um and tips there are also on average a little bit lower but we're talking like a couple of percentage points we're not talking you know a complete drop off in the practice of tipping actually yeah. so i mean that's kind of interesting it is interesting and i was reading statistically you know also um what the average tipping rate is for like bigger cities and you know we do know and we have talked about on the show tipping fatigue is very real you know post covid everybody's kind of over it so you know putting laws like this in place are just going to be like a safety net for a lot of people who are working in the service industry as well you know as tips lower <laughs> it's it's hard and it and it's been you know statistically a much slower 
season, even this year in Chicago, we had um, a listener write in to tell us that Chicago was like exceptionally like slow Terrible. this summer. Correct. Yeah. Brooke? yeah. R- rough summer all around. Everyone just sort of like, am I imagining this? And everyone's like, nope, <laughs> business is slow. Yeah. And even you being, you know, new to Chicago, I know you just, you know, moved there for the first time. Like, what's your take on the have you does it you know, you guys have obviously been going out, you and Dan, you know. But, you know, are you noticing a difference as far as like the the I guess population of restaurants? You know, you guys love to go out. Yeah, we do. Um, and you know, I would say at the moment I'm adjusting to prices being a little bit cheaper here than when I was in LA. In LA. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're like, so let's right go now. out every night. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't say that I'm the best judge of, you know, whether or not things are more expensive at the moment. Um, but you know, I have heard that from other people that um, you know, that's the case. And, you know, another interesting thing that I wrote about my article is, um, you know, the increase in service fees um, in the industry. Um, That's been a thing in Chicago, you know, since the pandemic, just like it has been everywhere else. There's, you know, Google documents going around, Facebook pages. Um, People are upset about having to pay extra service charges because things have gotten more expensive in the industry, but they don't really like seeing it broken down. They don't like it being, you know, a surprise at the end of their their dining experience to see that on the bill. So, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of restaurants are now looking at instituting more of those because they're going to have to change their business model. They feel like they want to tell people why prices are going up, but it may backfire on them. I mean, I think I, I I do feel like people in Chicago are a little bit more like in the know about things, I guess, than L.A. That's just my experience <laughs> of living in both cities. But like, you know, obviously nobody wants like hidden fees, you know, but maybe just up top just to be like we've raised our prices because like we're you know, this is the norm. I'm all about like a header on top of a menu than like getting an extra six dollar charge on a bill at the end of a meal. Personally, you know, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, actually, I I talked to the head of the Restaurant Association in uh, Washington, D.C. They already voted in um, Initiative 82 is what they called it there um, to basically, you know, eliminate that two tiered system. And they're now looking at how they can adjust the law basically to um, to deal with the service fees and to, you know, phase it in on a different timeline to educate the public about it. Um, And so one thing that's part of a bill that they're looking at now on the city council, I believe, um, is basically to set limits on how high the service fees can be. Yeah. They're like set at like 22%, which is still pretty high, mm-hmm. um, but but that's a cap. Um, and then also making it transparent. So it has to be communicated to diners ahead of time that they're going to have a service fee. Um, so, you know, that's an interesting way to approach it. Um, you know, again, and people I talked to who, again, study the industry, um, said that, you know, it, they don't have specific data on service fees because the kind of widespread implementation of it, it's, it's pretty new. Um, but they do have data on like price partitioning where people know, you know, that this thing is going to this thing and this amount of money is going to this thing. And it really irritates people. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, uh, you know, one owner I talked to is the owner of Hopleaf. Um, it's a, a craft beer bar um, in Andersonville. Um, and he was very against adding in service fees. He was, you know, basically saying that diners don't want to know exactly how you do your business model. Um, you know, it just it just makes them angry. 
right? So he's very against it. But other people I talked to, um, the owner of Peace, which is a pizza place, was saying he might do it. I think he already has some service fees. And um, I, I think posted on social media a while back that, you know, he wanted people to know that the service fees were going to employee healthcare um, because people were getting upset about those fees. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, people are handling it different ways. Um, I think the culture around it is changing really rapidly. And so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it super interesting. I mean, all in the positive for sure. I think it's great. Um, you know, talking to, uh, you know, people in D.C., have you gotten the feel that like you think there might be like a push if Chicago is first, you know, is will the rest of the state follow suit? Like, you know, obviously it's a matter of time, hopefully before the rest of the states go on, you know, on, on this bandwagon and hopefully the NRA can get on board to eliminate tipped wages altogether, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, in Evanston, they've been looking into it. Um, I think that it, it might be a thing that happens in, you know, some of the, you know, cities around Chicago. Um, yeah. And also Winfrey Wage just said, you know, they're planning on bringing it to more cities because this campaign has been pretty successful for them here. Um, so, yeah. So I would imagine that this is going to be a thing that you're going to see popping up in a lot more places. That's awesome. Um, well, we're excited to, you know, hear about it as it progresses, obviously. You know, I think Eater has been really fierce with their articles. It's been like, article 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 like you know really updating everybody um on the proposal as it moves forward and it really seems like it's 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 good to go you know at this point um so i really hope it does but and i hope you keep writing for eater right yeah. i really like yeah. and then and then you can be like our like woman in <laughs> the zoom not on the street the woman in the zoom box um <laughs> love to yeah absolutely come back anytime we always like to hear stories um congratulations on i don't know if i may drop that you are about to have a child uh, on air um yeah good luck on with air. everything yeah you on air. Um, have a child on air on air <laughs> but you're the best and and we hope to have you back on soon so thank you so much um and thank you guys so much for listening like i said we will get that up to speed you know as the law comes along brooke it's exciting right that to see all that's happening it's great. I mean, my one added addendum is like kind of like in wartime, we need to drop pamphlets all over <laughs> cities to like let civilians know, you know, that change yeah. is coming. Start preparing yourself. Like, Absolutely. Be Have up your to go date. bag. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, or you to go bag. I guess that would be a funnier exactly. way to say it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like we said, you guys, um, we'll keep you up to speed. If you have any server submitted stories, you know where to send them. Sidewordpod at gmail.com. And Brooke, you know what we say at the end of every episode. Godspeed and, and good increased good, tips. Good increased tips and elimination of <laughs> tipping minimum wage. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.